It was a cold night in February, up on a highway through the oil fields of the Permian Basin. And if you've been up there, you know people tend to drive pretty fast. Lots of F-150s and big tank trucks. But there was one little car that was moving a lot slower than the rest. And everybody was honking at it, passing it, trying to get it to go faster. What they didn't realize was that this car was actually in more of a hurry than anybody else on the road. Because inside, the woman in the passenger seat was in labor. That's Brisa Ledesma. She'd been having contractions for more than a full day by this point. Her mom, Laura, was driving as fast as she could. But Laura lives in a small rural community in Mexico, and she wasn't used to having to keep pace with oil field workers. This was an emergency, and she was trying to keep her foot on the gas. But she was watching all these huge trucks zoom by and didn't want to get in an accident. Meanwhile, Brisa was in a lot of pain, and they were both trying to keep calm. In the car, they talked about Brisa's grandma, Laura's mom, who died just a few years before, remembering her trying to distract themselves with stories. Laura told Brisa she felt like Thelma and Louise, two women on the run down a desert highway. That made them laugh and then also cry. I'm Annie Rosenthal, and this is So Far From Care. If you heard our first episode, you know that long, scary drives like this one aren't uncommon in West Texas. There's only one hospital in the Big Bend region, serving an area of 12,000 square miles. People here have even given birth on the side of the road because the delivery room was just too far away. But the situation Brisa faced was even more dramatic than what we're used to out here because she'd already been to that one hospital and they couldn't help her. Brisa's story is about a real low point in access to reproductive care out here when the only maternity ward in far west Texas started shutting down. But it's also about another force that shapes life in the region, one you might not immediately connect to healthcare. That's the border, and what it can mean to somebody becoming a mom, how it can divide a family, but also create options where there seem to be none. I met Brisa last year at a cafe in the border town of Presidio. She came in with her mom and her baby daughter. Brisa lives just across the Rio Grande in Ojinaga, Chihuahua, but she has a green card and she works in Presidio. Her prenatal visits were here in town and she'd scheduled a C-section at the hospital in Alpine, an hour and a half away. She'd had one before with her first child, so the doctors thought that was the safest way to go. They'd planned everything out. Brisa's mom was in town to be with her for the birth, and the doctor Brisa had seen her whole pregnancy would deliver the baby. But five days before the C-section was scheduled, Brisa started having contractions, and they lasted all night. So in the morning, she and her mom headed for the hospital. But when they got there, no había personal para, para el área de maternidad. Iban a cerrar. The staff told them the maternity ward was about to close. 
post-pandemic, like lots of rural hospitals, Big Bend Regional Medical Center was really struggling. By the summer of 2021, they didn't have the staff to keep everything running. So that meant for part of the week, the maternity ward would go on something called diversion. Basically, it was closed. And that would go on for days at a time. So if you went into labor during that period and didn't want to give birth in the ER, with whatever staff was on hand, you had to make it to another hospital. And the closest one was in Fort Stockton, another hour away. Brisa and her mom decided to head back to Mexico. They were hoping she could wait until the ward reopened. But by the time they got to Marfa, still more than 60 miles from home, the pain was getting worse. So they turned around again and drove to Fort Stockton. On the way there, Brisa says they lost service, and they couldn't get it at the second hospital either. Brisa's husband was back in Ojinaga with their older daughter, and they couldn't reach him for hours. No había señal en el teléfono, entonces no nos podíamos comunicar con ellos. Fueron algunas horas en las que no supieron nada. They stayed at the hospital until nighttime. But then Brisa says the staff told her it wasn't time to give birth and that their doctor was heading home for the day. Laura couldn't believe it. Es el es en el momento el servicio, ¿no? Pues es que no podemos hacer porque ella todavía no está lista para el parto. She said, I gave birth to four kids. I know she's about to have her baby. Brisa says the nurse on duty told them, I'm the only one here. If you're going to have your baby, she says the nurse said, I'll be the one to deliver it. But it won't be a C-section. It'll be a natural birth. Now, after you've had one C-section, a vaginal birth can be really risky. But in Fort Stockton, Brisa didn't feel like she had a choice. She called up her original doctor, the one who was supposed to deliver the baby. She says he told her, if you can move, move. Try and get to Odessa. That's another 80 miles away, but there's a big hospital there. So they got in the car again, and we're back where we started. Laura went from this two-lane road to the interstate, suddenly surrounded by honking trucks. Brisa in tears 24 hours into her contractions. They got to the hospital in Odessa around 10.30. And in the middle of the night, after driving nearly 300 miles between two countries and three hospitals, Brisa had her C-section, and her baby, Andrea, was born. Brisa wasn't the only person with a multi-hospital trek like that. Over the full year that the maternity ward in Alpine was on diversion, the hospital told me 14 women were turned away while in labor. Now the unit is open 24-7 again. But the hospital isn't equipped to deal with emergency cases. So if the delivery is complicated or the baby comes early, it can still mean a trip to Odessa. Brisa's story really brought it home for me. Here, even if you have everything planned out, you can find yourself in a really scary situation, far from help, having to make big, high-stakes decisions on your own. It was especially jarring for Brisa because the experience was so different from the first time she'd given birth, back in Mexico. Todo fue planificado. 
o sea, me dijeron, ok, este, vamos a programarte una cesárea, tal día, a tal hora tienes que llegar, eh, son unas, un par de semanas antes de... She said before everything went smoothly. She came in at the scheduled time, they did the C-section, took the baby out. It wasn't even painful. And that was just a few hundred miles away. When we talk about far west Texas, we often talk about how isolated this region is. All these tiny towns in the middle of nowhere. But that's only true if you forget about Mexico. Okinaga, where Brisa lives, isn't in a huge city, maybe 25,000 people. But it's just across the river from Presidio, and it does have a hospital. For Brisa, though, deciding where to go for care and where to have her daughter was more complicated than what was closest to home. Brisa is from a smaller city south of OJ, and she and her husband, Efren, had their first daughter, Michelle, near there. They moved to Okinaga not long after for work, but good-paying jobs were hard to come by. Eventually, Brisa found work across the border in Texas, cleaning rooms at a resort down the river. She said the job was tough, but it was the best she could get for a couple years. Meanwhile, Efren didn't have a visa to enter the U.S., so he couldn't cross. Neither could little Michelle, so he was raising her almost single-handedly. Brisa would come home to Ojinaga after a long day of work and basically collapse. The setup didn't feel sustainable for either of them. So when Brisa got pregnant again in 2021, they decided this time they'd have their daughter in the U.S. That way she could cross too, and they'd have options. Now, that decision meant Efren wouldn't be able to be with Brisa when she went to give birth. When I met him later on, I asked him what that had been like for him. Not being able to be there to accompany Brisa, to help his wife and his baby daughter. Me sentía sin, como si no tuviera extremidades, como si no... He said it felt like not having limbs. He felt useless. Sí, fue muy difícil. Luckily, Brisa's mom had a visa, so she wasn't completely alone. When they decided to go the Texas route, Brisa and Laura knew they were going to a smaller hospital, one far away with fewer resources than ones in Chihuahua. That was a price Brisa was willing to pay. Pero no esperas que te vayan a rechazar, no esperas a que te vayan a, a negar el servicio, vaya. But Laura said they didn't expect to find themselves speeding between hospitals, for the process to be so long and complicated and scary. And it wasn't just the distance. Brisa said until they got to Odessa, it was hard for them to even understand what all the medical staff were telling them. She says almost no one spoke to them in Spanish. Her English is limited, but she said the pain helped her concentrate on understanding the important stuff. Yo hablo un poco de inglés, un poco mucho. Fue difícil, pero creo que el dolor ayudaba a que mi cerebro se concentrara para darme entender lo que necesitaba. And Brisa told me she keeps thinking about other women she knows in Ojinaga, who've also given birth in the U.S. A lot of them don't speak English at all, and not even their moms can cross. Some have even lost their children in the delivery room, and dealt with that totally alone. 
hay, hay amigas que han perdido a sus bebés y que los esposos están aquí en Ojinaga y que no pueden ir. Sí, hay situaciones muy duras y que a lo mejor nadie piensa en, en eso. Even before giving birth to Andrea, Brisa had been thinking she only wanted to have two kids. But now she's sure. No, no tendría más hijos, ya basta. No, sí está complicado. I thought a lot about Brisa after our conversation. For her, living on the border meant possibility, increased options, for work, for medical treatment. But it had also separated her from her family and pushed her to choose a riskier option for her own health care. I wondered about the aftermath of that decision, what the border would mean for her as a mom, and whether a year and a half after her childbirth odyssey, she felt like she'd made the right call. So this summer, I went to go meet her in Presidio, at her job at the Mexican consulate. Brisa told me she'd been worried about what it would be like to go back to work after maternity leave. But she said the consulate had been great about it. For the first few months, she'd been allowed to go home early every day. Now she heads out at 4 p.m. to pick up Andrea. At first, Brisa and Efren weren't sure how they were going to handle childcare. But on this front, the Mexican side of the border had come through for them. In Ojinaga, they found a nursery that would take Andrea starting at three months. We drove across the border into Mexico. No stopping required here. The Mexican officials just waved us through and then pulled up to the daycare. <laughs> Brisa told me the nursery was subsidized by the federal government. She said it charged less for a month of care than the small daycare in Presidio did for a week. To enroll, Andrea had to be registered as a Mexican citizen. But compared to the process of getting a U.S. visa, signing her up for dual citizenship was a breeze. Brisa could do it right at work. The last time I'd seen Andrea, she was barely a month old. Now, at 18 months, she'd grown into the little boss of the family. (laughs) At home in their new house, she showed off her outfit, a pink shirt that said, My mom is magical. That's Brisa's older daughter, Michelle. They're still waiting for her green card and evidence. It's now been three years since they filed the applications, and the length of the whole process has been hard on Brisa. In the U.S., she says, it's still Brisa and Andrea against the world. The hospital trip wasn't Brisa's last long drive to care. Andrea's pediatric appointments were in Alpine. Brisa had to take the baby alone, and she says every time she panicked about Andrea by herself in the back seat. Eh, 
When the baby would start to cry, Brisa would pull over, leaving the car running to keep her warm, and breastfeed her there on the side of the highway. She'd change Andrea's diaper, play music, try to get her to go to sleep before getting back on the road. All those stops meant what was usually a two-hour drive became three hours each way. And eventually, Brisa decided it didn't make sense. There was no pediatrician in Presidio, but they'd have to make it work with the regular doctor. When I visited, Efren was also home, helping the girls pack for a trip to see their grandma, Laura. He told me he still struggles with the ways the border keeps him from being able to support Brisa. But on the other hand, the limitations of the migration system have given him the chance to be a really active parent to Michelle, especially when she was little. Pues, para mí... He said he's found little ways to bond with each daughter, dancing with them in the morning, getting to know their personalities as they form. I asked Prisa and Efren if they felt like, considering everything, the decision to give birth in Texas had been worth it. Brisa said, to a certain point, yes. But if she'd known everything she knows now, she might have done things differently from the start. Healthcare in the U.S. is overrated, she's decided. But if you're willing to try it, you give your kids options. If they want to study, if they want to work, if they want to travel, then they can. And in the end, she said, this was the most important decision she and Evelyn had made as parents. She told me, we could have said, let her be born here. But we said, no, we're going to give her the opportunity to not have to struggle. Once we'd finished talking, Brisa drove me back across the bridge, stopping at the kiosk to show the customs officer our documents. While we waited for him to scan my passport, I thought about how this everyday experience for Brisa is one that half her family still doesn't share. The West Texas highways define this region for so many of us. And they were the site of Brisa's scariest moments and the first experiences of her daughter's life. Brisa says she tells her family, I can still smell the oil. She remembers the moon, the highway, the cars honking, her body twisted up like the girl in The Exorcist. But that landscape, those roads, Brisa's husband has never even seen them, can't imagine them. So when she found herself scrambling to make game-time decisions on the road, she says he told her, you make the call. I can't tell you what to do. 
Before I met Brisa, I thought mostly about the loneliness that comes from a lack of options when it comes to care. But hearing that, I thought, here's a different kind of isolation. One that comes with choices. Having to make decisions without being sure what's right. And having to do it alone. Brisa dropped me at the consulate and then turned around to cross the border again. As she drove off, I thought about something she'd said earlier, when I asked what she wanted to do when all the visas were approved and her family could come to Texas together. She told me she wanted to bring them to the observatory in Fort Davis to see the Marfa lights. Tourists come from all over the world to peer through a telescope at the stars, which shine more brightly here than almost anywhere else in the country. Brisa said she wants her family to be able to see them too. This episode of So Far From Care was produced by Zoe Curland, Carlos Morales, and me, Annie Rosenthal. Muchas gracias a Brisa Ledesma y toda su familia por compartir su historia. Thanks also to Stephanie Quo and Ruxandra Guidi. The music you heard was composed and performed by Clara Brill, and the episode art is by Hannah Gentiles and Dio Kramer. So Far From Care is a production of Marfa Public Radio, and is made possible by support from listeners like you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the rest of the episodes and ways to support the station at marfapublicradio.org.